0: There's so many so many things that you can experience in God and with God throughout your time. But I've yet to experience him at the same level if you will. There's there's always a there's always a significant, and I'm going to use the word twist, but there's always a significant twist. When, when God brings himself to you, when God shows you himself, there's always something more that you haven't seen, that you may have seen the last time, that you didn't see this time. Or you may see this time, that you didn't see la- God is multidimensional dimensional you will never experience his totality while you're in this fleshly body. So we, we should be so grateful and thankful that he would even think of us enough to show us that extra twist, that new dimension in him. But when we're lackadaisical in our, our Christianity and we're just ho-hum that we're even here then our experience becomes calloused, if you will. Because there will be some that will experience him on a new level and there will be others that didn't experience at all. Because all they've done in the past is what they've been taught some cases and what they choose to do in other cases. Because I do get and understand that some people are taught certain ways and certain directions and, and that's kind of what they follow because that's what mom and dad done, that's what my grandfather's done, that's what my grandmother done, and, and we follow that, that step and that, that preceding. And, but the Bible made it clear that we are to be like meridians and go and search the word for ourselves and we are to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. I mean, if we are reading the Bible based on how somebody teaches that Bible, you are reading in error because the Holy Spirit has given us an availability that he will open up scriptures in such a way that will just blow your mind. But if you're calloused in your ways, you'll never read John 1-1 any differently tomorrow than you read it yesterday. So I want to encourage you that Every, every moment that you get a chance, and, and, and guys, you, you've been around me long enough, you know I'm not, I'm not the religious type. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in any, any of that. I, I want my relationship to be as pure and as open and as capable of receiving from Jesus than life itself. I want that relationship. So I'm not telling you that you have to spend every waking moment with your nose in the Bible. I'm not telling you that every waking Sunday you have to go to church, and every Wednesday you have to come to Bible study, and every Thursday. I'm not telling you that. See, the things that we do and offer is, is for the mere fact that there are some that can't make it on Wednesday, but can make it on Thursday some can make it on thursday but can't make it on sunday but they'll be here on wednesday there's some that will be here five days a week others one day a week and it doesn't matter we want to make sure that there's an availability for you to have an opportunity to spend a moment with god with people in like-minded yeah. Amen. so there's no condemnation and that I don't ever want people to feel that way, that because you're not here on a Sunday, pastor's going to call. I might, but pastor's going to call and just read me. It's not going to happen that way. But what I do want to encourage is you to be in God's presence with people of like mind as much as possible. The Bible says to not forsake, and here again, it's not a religious verse. I'm tired of hearing it used that way. We need to finish that statement. We need to finish that verse. It says, "So that we can upbuild one another." That's right. That's why you don't want to forsake that. That's why you don't want to not take. That's right. But we're we're so hung up on the don't because see you'll you'll what you'll do the same the same mouths that says pastor don't judge me you'll judge me yeah. Yeah. because I want to hold you accountable. Last Sunday, I misspoke. Due to my wife, and I'm doing this live so that they can hear. I've already told y'all I'm apologizing again. See, I'm not scared to come back and say that I was wrong. It happens. But in my study somewhere along the way, I got a little twisted, a little sideways. I don't know if I brought a a double one over. I don't know what happened. Anyway, I studied, and I put it in my mind. See, that'll tell you how finite our minds are sometimes. We get into it so much with our mind, we leave our spirit sitting on the table and we're just... Anyway, I said that Elijah was at the brook for 11 years. That's not the case. It's one to three and a half. That's the best I can come up with. So I'm correcting that. But in either case, you could still use basically the the whole um, idea of either being there long enough to fall into our mundane ways or God's pulling us out to put us into new things quicker. But... Anyway, we're going to pick up from where we left off last week. I'm trying to do with this without. Man, I need somebody smarter than me. Sugar-free cough drops. I hate to get on there and ask. <laughs> Whew, thank God. <laughs> see, see how we'll go to people and we, we need their approval. Boy, I'm see I'm guilty. Y'all think I'm preaching to y'all? I'm preaching about me to you. Needing approval so that we can do something that doesn't really matter. I need one this morning. I call them my power pills. But I've got a few notes that's written down, and I've got a couple ways that I want to go with this this morning. And we're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to start at verse 8. Tommy keeps asking me what's the series, and I still don't know. So. This morning, I just know that we're going to be talking about double-down faith. Chapter 17, starting at verse 8, it says, then, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This was after Elijah had... I'll give you a little backdrop, because I don't know how long this will be. This might be an hour and a half, or it might be four hours. But I want to make sure that you understand where we're coming from. Right now, Elijah was laying at the brook after he had already met up with King Ahab and challenged the god of Baal, which was, should be, or it was known by those that worshiped him as the, the deity of rain, the deity of, of provision that would, uh, he made it rain. So Elijah walks in on the scene just out of nowhere and says, hey, wait a minute, time out, I serve a god that says that's not how it's going to happen. So it's not going to rain or do until I say so. So he challenges Baal. At, at that time after he challenges Baal and there's a drought, God says, I need you to flee. I want you to go and hide. See, there's sometimes when God is sending you from here to there, he'll hide you for a time frame because there's some things he's got to work out in you. Remember, we, we were talking about the three different things that take place with you down there. There's, there was that separation that took place down there and all of these things that took place when he was by himself that must take place in us if we are called into ministry or going out to be sons of God or Christians, there are things in our lives that we, that we can only have fixed in the moment and the privacy of our condemnation over what we're done right and what we're done wrong and how we're dressed and how we look and what we eat and we'll never get anywhere, amen? I mean, there, there's so many things in life that must take place with us and God alone. But we we don't I don't know if it's we don't have time I don't know where I'm going right now with that, but I need to stay on I need to stay on point. But there's so many times that we we will take our Christendom and, and have word from other people applied to it. I mean, you went to God for salvation. Go to the Holy Spirit for guidance. Boy, if we went to church just for confirmation instead of dictation. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, this is where we're picking up. God has told him now, here's the deal. The brook's dried up. See, not everything that God gives you is for eternity. It may only be just for a season. This is where the obedience is so important. What would have happened if he would have stayed? But God said, all right, it's time to go. I've got, I got to move you from here. I've got, boy, this is a 100-mile trip. I don't even like to drive. I won't drive 100 miles for much. I'm just telling you, it's got to be something good if I'm going to drive 100 miles for anything. It's about 100 miles. Well, he didn't have no Lamborghini right? What was on leather pumps? (laughs) (laughs) Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath. Now, Zarephath, you must understand that Zarephath was basically like the hometown for Jezebel. This, This, how do I do it? Just like I normally do it, I guess. Zarephath was the place, if, if, if you were going to look for Baal and you were going to look for these idols, this would be the place to go. This is where they made them. This was the homeland of Baal. This is where Jezebel was formed, if you will. This is her hometown. Keep in mind, he's running from this. Man, boy, that makes you scratch. I wish I could have a couch up here this morning because I just want to talk to you for a minute because there, what in the world is God thinking? God has taken me to the place, the very place, that probably Jezebel was re- really well known, and I'm running from her. Don't you think that maybe they already got the word? They didn't put the hounds out you see this man, call me up, right? Telegraph me, pigeon, something. And he's going to send him to Zarephath. What in the world is he thinking? First, you've told me to go and lay by a creek and get ham sandwiches just from a raven. I mean... If you read the Bible, ravens were dirty animals. You weren't even supposed to have anything to do with ravens. And now God's going to... Come on. See, in our religious teachings, there are a lot of things that if I was to tell you that God said to go this direction or do that, and some of you still have issues with it. When when I try to break you out into freedom by a revelation from God, you want to immediately... That ain't what... That ain't what Sister Lucy said. (laughs) Right? And what we haven't understood is that the truth will set you free, but there's always going to be conflict between truth and what it's trying to set you free from. (sighs) All right, well, that wasn't in there, I don't think. So arise and go to Zarephath. This, this, This was a place known for refining. Boy, what a coincidence. What a coincidence that God would send the man of God prior to sending him to Mount Horeb. I mean, the first, the first mission trip God sends Elijah on is in the valley. He went down to Cherith. It's in the valley. See, this is what God understands that we've yet to accomplish. You can't get to the mountaintop without going through the valley. It's the times that you're walking through the valley that you're experiencing this, that, and the other. It doesn't always look pretty in the valley. We can be in and out of gardens this quick in the valley... But when you get on the mountaintop, you get to choose then. You can actually stand and peer. See, mountains are for looking. Where God has brought me from. Oh, took me to the mountain to let me see where God's taken me to. Remember Moses? Look over there, Moses. You ain't going, but everybody else is going see mountaintops are for gazing we we go to the out, to the overlooks That's right. we go to the overlooks and gaze upon the beauty but we got to ride through the valleys to get to the overlooks and sometimes the valleys just don't have the appearance of the promise right. oh come on God sends him first into the valley so that he preps him. He's working on him. He's getting rid of some stuff. See, it's in the valleys that we, that we have a, a, a defined position of whether it's God or whether it's us. See, if you're still fighting selfish desires, you ain't got to the overlook yet. You're still in the valley. Doesn't mean the promise has changed. Don't mean the promise will ever change. Doesn't mean the promise will ever leave. It will always be there. Canaan was there for years. Just because they weren't in it doesn't mean it wasn't for them. It was for them before. So as we make our way through this valley, man, we hit that mountaintop we good but along the way god decides that wait a minute i don't want you to stay here see i've tested you here now i'm gonna try you over here see the valley there it is the valley is the teaching the valley is the teaching zarephath is the testing that's the place of refining See, this is where where all the stuff gets burned out. Are you able to take what you've been taught? Are you able to take the word of God that you have consumed over the past four months? Are you able now to take that and put it into play when you come to a test? Or do you have to go back to the valley again? See, we've got to make progression. Can I I encourage you not to turn back? It's just as far backwards as it is forward. Don't turn back. Why you want to double your trouble? That's right. Just hang in there, baby. We're going to get there. Just hang in there. There's a gas station. Put more fuel. Keep it going. That's right. Don't turn back. man. Boy, how mad will we get? Mm-hmm. Be taking me like on to Tennessee or wherever. you going to take and get me halfway there and go, oh, we don't have no gas. We got to turn around and go back. What? Nope. I got to get just as much gas in my car to get back as I do to get there. You're going to put gas in there and keep going that way. That's right. <laughs> Or you're going to walk back. (laughs) Man, we ain't even got through verse, second verse yet. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Here he goes again. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. What? You, you're talking to basically an Israelite. <laughs> they understand that widows are typically poor and without. And it's their job to take care of such. And now you're, God, you God, you... You sent me to a creek, you dried it up. You told me you was going to have ravens feed me. I scratched my head. I said, okay, fine, whatever. Now you're telling me to go to a widow in the middle of a famine. Boy, don't that look bleak. That's like me telling my employees to go down to the bank that's closed on 419, cash a check. Ain't a whole lot of hope there. Do you trust him? Will you have obedience? Or did you just have it for the first trip? See, we think if we pass one test, there is no more. Can I tell you that you're going to go from glory to glory and faith to faith? That means it's going to get harder and (laughs) harder. See, it's easy to sit in in here. We've done this one time. it's, It's easy to preach. Inside a church. Because for the most part, most of you want to hear what's yep. got to be said this morning. Some of you really care less. Others don't even, ain't even heard the first word. But it's harder to go out there and preach. We took off to D.C. on a trip. Now, I don't mind, I don't mind talking to people like one-on-one if somebody, if somebody introduces me to you. We can have a conversation. We'll find a connection, and I can talk to you about Jesus. But if I have to approach you and say, let me talk to you for a minute, and the first thing I want to talk about is Jesus, can I I tell you you got a better chance winning the lottery? Now, I'm just, this is coming from me. Because that's hard for me. It's not that I'm ashamed. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm the only one that carries this, right? I'm the the only one that carries the, the block of insufficiency over my back. See, I feel insufficient. It takes a minute. Unless, uh oh. What if I tear that off? It takes a minute. It takes a minute for my hard head to get worked on by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to communicate with you. But we went to D.C. on a trip feeding the hungry. I, do y'all know how many homeless people are out there in D.C.? What? I mean, on the lawns, and they've been there for so long, and it's such a way of life. Everybody that feeds the homeless knows where to go. I mean, it's like pulling up buffet trucks. They're parked around this one block. It's crazy. It blew my mind. And when they seen the trucks pull up, dude, they come running. Falling out trees up under tents, out from under cars. I mean, they dragging stuff, they running. To get to your truck. Crazy. Crazy. And we get there. And I don't know why they pick me. Everybody picks on me. Hey, Rocky, why don't you preach on for a minute? Dude, that's hard. Trusty. I did, by the way. <laughs> she got pictures to prove it. <laughs> but that's hard. Man, it's hard. Because you because our church mentality. That's where I really started to get some of this stuff. Because I, I'm going, they may not have ever even heard about Jesus. So I can't go in there and, and give them a half of a verse and they finish it off. They ain't going to know where I'm coming from when I talk about Moses. You've got, you got to preach to them. You've got, you got to give them the gospel. You've got to let them understand who Jesus is and what he's done for them and what he's about. But that's hard. But you gotta do you trust him? Oh, you trust him when you stood behind the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Do you trust him on the cement? Mm-hmm. You trust him down at Roanoke River. Oof. It's hard. So I could imagine what Elijah's going through. You provided and then you took away. And now you're sending me, you already, you, you're, ba- you're sending me into the pits of hell, God. Do you not understand that? Everybody knows Jezebel, and everybody knows I'm running from Jezebel. There's nothing but Baal gods everywhere. I mean, Jesus, they are making Baal here. And then you want to tell me a woman. In the middle of a famine, that is a widow. One one version of the Bible says, I've ordered a woman to sustain you. A widow to sustain you. What? Come on. The chances of that happening, I I, I ain't even going to say sleep. They're kneel, done, nope. Ain't going to happen. We're talking in the middle of a famine. Y'all understand what widows got? When, when their spouses died, and see, and that was another thing, too, because I had to really break this down because I wanted to know who this widow was. But we're never told. Can't find anything, nothing. See, and so this woman, she's got a son. Well, apparently, her husband was a nobody like me and you. And when he passed, he passed on what he had. Nothing. Because if he'd have passed it on, it would have went to his son. His son would have took his mom in. And his son would have provided for his mom from his dad's inheritance. There was none. Wasn't even a next of kin. So now we've got a woman down there on her own. Because, see, you got listen. Read your Bibles. Because the next of kin would step in line. So she's without nobody. Her, her son, and a famine. So are you encouraged where God might send you next? Have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday. But I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. I just don't know if that, I want to, man, I wish he would just give me a little more detail. Did he do that right then or did he discuss this for about a month? When, when God told you to do what he told you, are you still talking to him or have you already got up and gone? Come on, we go, aren't we going to discuss it? I mean, we're going to do the holy thing and we're going to go, Well, God, you told me to not trust every spirit, that I was to test every spirit by the spirit. So I'm going to fast for 95 days (laughs) to make sure it's not me. I just don't know when he went, but he said, So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate city, gate of the city, indeed, A widow was there gathering sticks. It's funny how they could know that that was a widow when he got to the gate. He looked and knew that it was a widow. I still don't understand. I don't understand it. maybe it was by the clothes she was wearing. I, I don't know. But a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup. Okay, so you know this is a man of God. Because he's got as much faith in this woman and water in the middle of a famine as God's got in him in the middle of a famine. He said, bring me a little bit of water. Don't you know there's a famine? Don't you know there's a drought? Don't you know the brook of Cherith dried up and you go ask me for water? I mean, I could just imagine. And as she was going to get it, Okay, well, she got some water. I wonder if that's what increased his faith. Or maybe he's just challenging now. Because right as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Hey, on your way, bring me back a piece of bread, would you? I mean, first he asked for water. Seen her reaction. Maybe that was enough inside of him to go, hmm, I asked for, this is where I got double down on your faith. Because first he had the faith to ask for water in the middle of a drought from a widow. And as she was walking off, I love that cry. And as she was walking off, He said, excuse me, on your way back, bring me a morsel of bread, would you? And she said, now this should blow your socks off. As the Lord your God lives... She's from Zarephath. She lives in a land they worship Baal. We found some hope because she identified God as a living God. Uh oh, something. Look. When, when faith enters the scene, something's going to happen. She said, as sure as the God you serve lives. I don't have any bread. All I have. Now watch how she does this, because this, this reminds me a lot of us, where we're from, and 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 what we experience in life and how we portray to others. Listen to how she says this. Y'all don't mind a little teach this morning, do you? Right. I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour. That means all. I, this is all I have. I have. No, I don't have anything really. That's how she's offering it. I only have. Hey, buddy, you got any spare change? I only have fifteen cent. This is all I have. Okay. a handful of flour in a bin, and a little, a little oil. She could have said, all I have is some flour and some oil." She could have said that. But she said, all I have is a little and only. And see, I'm gathering some sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. I wonder how many of you have been in a situation or circumstance in your life that has called for you to say, this is all I've got left, and after this, it's over. I don't have any more hope left. All I've got is last week's paycheck and it's over because banks shut down or jobs shut down, whatever. I'm I'm tired of giving all I got to our relationship and it doesn't seem like anybody else cares. So if it doesn't, this is the last ditch effort. We're done. Have you ever been in a place to where it seems like you were faced with a famine? Yeah, it might not have been the same as what she's facing, but it's, it's very similar. Where you don't seem like you have anything to put towards anything. Everything in life is as, is as bleak as it's ever been doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel matter of fact you just seen somebody go they blew out the candle you can't even see the burning amber it's done there's nothing left this is where this is where she's at man thanks be to god that we serve a god like matthew would say that cares about the foul of the air See, we, we serve a God that's still in the business of providing in the midst of lack. We're, we still serve a God that heals in the time of sickness. We still, we still serve a God that brings hope to the hopeless. Man, she reminds me so much. Do you remember Hagar? You know, you know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Hagar. The, the woman that got kicked out because Abraham and Sarah decided to do some stuff on their own and Hagar decided or Sarah decided Hagar was good enough and okay, and now that they did it, uh-oh, and then got to go, and then here here's Hagar and her son in the desert. Man, times look bleak. Everything is gone. She's by herself, but lo and behold, wouldn't you know it? God shows up. When all hope was, she was just, I'm going to lay here and die. I'm going to lay here and die. Me and my son, we're we're going to die with no one. And God shows up. That's what she reminds me of. She's in that same peculiar circumstance. And she sent a man. See, this tells me a lot. This really helps me right here. Because it, it's bad when you're in a, in a bad spot and you're talking to yourself. Because most of the time when you're in a bad spot <laughs> and the advice is coming from you in the bad spot, the advice comes out kind of like all I have is a little. Don't have enough and I'm just going to do this and then I'm... De-. See, see how that advice works? Boy, isn't that a horrible way to live out the last couple minutes of your life? This is why, God, I love serving this guy. Because I can get in that situation. I can, I can be in the midst of that moment. And it takes an outside source. It takes a voice from outside of the circumstance. It takes a, see, you've got to stop being a hater. Because somebody's making it and you're not. You, you can't get that way. Because it may be the very one that is making it is going to be the one to bring a voice of hope. Because they're speaking from a different perspective. And they're letting you know, man, this isn't the end of the world. I done been there. I, done, I know what it's like. Baby. Get up on your feet. Let's do this. thing, Man, you got to trust God for a moment. And she's just, I can just man, how frazzled. How disgusted at life. Mad at her husband because her husband, I mean, come on. This is my story. Let me tell it. Mad at her husband because her husband went off and died. Left me here with just my kid. I ain't got nothing else to do. I can't put nothing together. I can't even work because they won't even let a woman work. Oh, this wasn't 2020. This wasn't women wearing jeans. Not that I got anything against that. Ain't got nothing against that. How about it? Ain't got nothing to do with your salvation. Last time I checked, your jeans hung about 18 inches from your heart. Some of us it all depended on how much <laughs> it could hang about 40 inches. I say that. cause. But anyway. Y'all know, are y'all with, are you tracking this morning? Y'all okay? And here she is, she's just in a position, man. Her life is done. I mean, see, I'm pretty sure that you and I would be the same way. We would be in that same situation that she was in and we would just call it quick. Man, it's better that we just go ahead and die. Then I ain't got to worry about it tomorrow, right? Boy, y'all so holy. Y'all make me sick. You've been there. Every one of you sitting here have been there at one time in your life where you've thrown your hands up and said, I'm done. You've thrown the towel in the ring, you're done. You've rang the bell, you're finished. So don't sit and look at me. I'll throw a table at you. <laughs> Dying. On the way, man, come on, God. You can't put me in front of somebody any better than this. Now, don't you know that if his attitude was the way that mine and your attitude would be today, that when he came on the scene, that we wouldn't have given any hope either. We would have said, God, you'd have lost your mind. She gonna die, I'm gonna die, we done. Because we think life is just handed. It's on silver platters. Work for it. You got to do something different. Well, I'm not, I don't want to, I tell people all the time, quit giving me the problems. Give me the solutions. If you, if you, I've told them, if you've got the audacity to walk into my office and tell me about a problem, you better, you better bring a solution with it. I'd rather you bring me the wrong solution than to bring me no solution. Bring me the wrong one, we'll talk about it. But I know that you've got a little bit in you that we can fight through this thing, we can get over this thing, we can... Come on negative, Nancy. <laughs> Debbie Downers. Yep. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't like that. Don't stop. Don't tell me what I can't afford, tell me how to afford it. Don't tell me how my marriage is, tell me how it should be. Don't tell me that my kids are just running crazy. Tell me how I can straighten them up. I'm going to get blamed for that later, know. Right? <laughs> but we've all been there. Check out Elijah. And that, that's why I still think this is, this is a part, man, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I'll be done when I get done, I promise. This is why I believe that Elijah first was prompted to ask for water. So that when he saw the response, (whistles) oh my goodness, faith is the evidence of things. want to throw rocks y'all don't understand do you did you get that he was hoping that was his hope his hope was in God his hope that where God had sent him his hope was that this woman that God had commanded to sustain him was going to have what it was going to take and he went right to the core of things he didn't low. oh, oh, oh. water. He said, if she can answer this one right, if, she, if she'll if she get me some water, we're on the right track, baby. And he said, just get me a little cup of water. And she said, she didn't even discuss. She didn't say, how much do you want? She didn't say, do you have a cup? The Bible said, y'all remember, And he called to her and said, please bring me a little cup of water that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, there was no conversation. I I mean, he asked asked for the hardest part first. They're in a pitman. In the middle of a drought. He just left a creek that dried up that God provided, and he's going to come and ask a widow woman. <laughs> but it was one that God had already commanded to sustain him. Give me a little bit of a drink. And he's seen it. He said, ha, I'm going to double down on my faith. On your way back. <laughs> You, oh okay, you can't have the living water without the bread of life <laughs> Oh boy, how God is so good to us when we when we are so undeserving. He is faithful. I just said, man, if he can do that, this ain't nothing. Give me some bread. Give me some toast with that. That ain't nothing. If you can give me water, water. So it stirred his faith can I tell you a little bit about something when it stirs your faith? She said, all I have is a little. All I have is not enough. All I... And he said, okay, I'm good with that. But look what he said to her. Elijah said to her, don't fear. I wonder if that was something that triggered her internally. I wonder how many times you've heard the verbs, the verbiage, don't fear. That was almost like an opening statement when God entered the scene, wasn't it? There, I, okay I'll just take let's go straight to one incident and I know this is what the verbiage was that was an opening statement when God entered the scene he said do not fear for I bring you <laughs> huh and what, what are, <laughs> oh don't fear I wonder if that was the the quickening statement for her I wonder if that was what just turned her life around don't fear. I have to say, it did. Why do I say that? Let's keep reading. Boy, what a couple words to do for you. I mean, see, we don't want to hear them, but what a couple words to do for you. Like when you're in the midst of some tough times, the, man, the last thing you want to hear from anybody is. It'll be okay. You don't don't hear that garbage, man. You're trying to figure out a way how to get out of this hell. When somebody walks by and tells you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. (laughs) As my wife would put it. It's all good. My sister hates that phrase. See? See? It's all good. Every little thing gonna be all right. See, everybody in here ain't been saved all their life. Right? Come on, come on. Just get up and do it. The rest of y'all can sit there like you want to. We gonna have fun up in here. Up in here. Somebody else started just dancing back there. I, it's your corner. <laughs> it's my corner. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. My, stop. <laughs> we in church. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. He said, Listen you already said this is what you was going to do. You was going to go make a meal for you and your son, and you was going to die. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. He, he didn't argue with her. He said, go ahead and do what you're going to do, but make me a small cake from it first. I just lost my job. I have just enough to pay these next couple weeks in bills and I'm done. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Go ahead and do what you got to do. But first, Listen, I'm not. I'm not. Stand, I'm not saying, I'll never tell you to be stupid mm-hmm. with your money ever. But what I will tell you, and this was something that we decided a long time ago. If it ain't enough to pay the bill, it's a seed. That's right. We go plant that seed. That's right. Yep. And we go plant it in good ground and we go go we go fertilize that seed we go pray over that thing we go tell God I already know that you already know what I need and where I'm going and what you got to do with me and in me and through me and guess what God they can take everything in my life away from me but they can't eat me and they can't take me from you You're sowing into the kingdom. It, it, it's not a, a get-quick-rich scheme. It, it, it ain't got nothing to do. It, this is all about giving sacrifice. It's all about giving everything that you have. God only asked for a little bit. See, most cases, most cases, if we were doing what we were asked to do to begin with, that word, oh, that word will never fail. He said it will never fail. It will always come back to me. Right. Yeah. Doing exactly what I sent it out to do. I'll cause men to pour into your bosom. Try me in this and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. It'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But see we don't we don't ah we don't listen to any of that until we need it. Can I tell you? Oh, as long as this earth shall endure there will always be seed time and harvest. And if you wait until you're in the dire need and you begin to plant, guess what you got? You still got time. Now you got to wait for the harvest. Come on, church. If you're sowing ahead of time and you're cultivating what you're doing, I promise you children will never be forsaken no begging for bread but we wait until we get in the midst of it and that's when we want to do everything. and I ain't trying to get money out your pocket we wait till we get in the midst of trouble then we pray what do you think would have happened to Jesus if jesus would have tried walking on the water before he prayed i just my story what do you think jesus might have done if he wouldn't have went to the garden first I said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. See, if he would have done, see, oh, see, I don't like to hear any of that. He was fully man and fully God all at the same time, wrapped up into one manly flesh. I think he was a man, Don. I think he was a man's man. I don't, I don't see Jesus as no sissy. See, we got to walk into places with guns to scare people. He walked in with whips. clinked his house. Yes, he did. Didn't he? (laughs) My God. If we will find a way to do things ahead of time and not wait until the end of time, Listen, folks, you, be, you, listen, you better tune your ears right now. If you don't hear anything else in this sermon, you better tune them right now. If you ain't working on your salvation now, when the trumpet blows, it's too late. That's right. you, well, pastor, what do you mean working on myself? If you aren't calling on the name of the Lord now, when the trumpet sounds, he's not going to hear you. That's right. you now, pastor, do you believe that? Absolutely. Positively, 100%. There's not a second chance. This is your second chance. If you think tomorrow is your second chance, the enemy has deceived you. There are too many friends that's walked out of this world. You better listen this morning. You you better stop playing your church games. You better stop coming to fulfill your little checks and balance sheet for the week. You better listen this morning. You better turn your heart over to Christ now. And you better be working that soil. Somebody. Somebody and Elijah said to her do not fear go in as as you've said but make me a small cake first and bring it to me and afterward check this out i love this promise he now he is he he's given her a, an assurance he said afterward make some for yourself and your son see he just make me a small cake Oh boy, isn't that just how God wants it? Give Him a little, He give you a lottle. That's right. <laughs> a little for a lottle, uh-huh. <laughs> huh? Just abundance, just overflow. That's right. My goodness gracious! There's some of us, ten cents gonna take us to hell. I'm leaving it right there where it's at. No, you can't buy your way into heaven. But Jesus more or less said it like this. I'm going to give you the RDN version. That's the the Rocky Nicely version of the Bible. He says, show me a man's wallet. I'll show you his heart. The Bible says, love me with all. I ain't even got to my notes yet. We're we're reading Scripture. He said, afterward, make make some for yourself and, and, and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Now it's prophecy. Enough about what I can give you. Enough about my encouragement that I can help you. I just want you to be okay. For thus says the Lord, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away. Your faith just might be what somebody else needs in their faith walk to actually turn and do what God has asked them to do so that they in turn will be blessed off of your blessing What if Elijah would have never said anything to her? What if Elijah would have laid by the brook and died? This woman would have perished, her and her son. But no, not in God's watch. He said, I've got a widow woman that needs some help, so I'm going to send you over to her. And when you do what you say that you're going to do and do what I tell you to do, then she's going to do what you've asked her to do. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to say this and she's going to go and do it. And then lo and behold, everybody's happy. See, we are so self-centered, man. We think our faith walk is about us. The way you treat people, Jennifer, is exactly what people need to see that a person in Christ, the way they should treat people. That helps them in their faith. Stop being so self-centered about everything in your life. Tommy's probably got this clip on about 49,000 sermons of mine so far. This ain't about you, little Susie. (laughs) This ain't about you, little Johnny. Uh (laughs) So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he. (laughs) 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 Hey, Tommy. I didn't give you this. Go to Matthew 1041. And she and he. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. 1041. Look at that boy. That boy gone. He who perceives or receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall see receive a righteous man's reward. Aren't you glad that she received the prophet? Yes. She got his reward. Yes, she did. so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her family, her household ate for many days it didn't say that Elijah ate for many days and they went on for a week and starved and died see this is man You know what causes you to not receive a prophet in the name of a prophet or a righteous man in the name of a righteous man? You know what causes you not to do that? It's your self-centeredness. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. And that's, listen, that is the only thing that can cause you yep. from receiving. Okay, all right. I have to put it in your, in your verbiage, your, your language. You don't know me. Who are you to tell me? You ain't gone what I went through. Come on, y'all. See, right now, every one of you should be tearing cloth and ashes. Because we've all been there. We've all done it. We've all said it. We may oh, okay. Well, you might not tell it to the person, but you go and tell your wife. Hey, can you believe that dude's going to tell me that? that dude don't? He ain't even got. He don't even have a job, and he gonna tell me? Yeah. Come on, You you better stop. Well, I know the history of that guy. I pretty much know the history of an ass, too. And it's about the most bullheaded animal you'll ever have in your life. Don't listen to nothing. Hard-headed. But God used him. You, You better you better stop. Guys, I'm trying to help you today. I'm not saying that you listen to every voice. I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you, if that voice lines up with that word, you better hearken. Stop with your self-righteousness. It's going to take you to hell. Stop. That person might not have your education, but that person heard from the Holy Spirit. Stop. They may not work the job that you work, but they were on their knees this morning for 12 hours for you. Stop. Well, they don't even know me. See what I mean? You're arrogant. Who said they got to know your name? I prayed for people I probably, I bet y'all never meet. You better stop. You're affecting someone's life. Boy, I get so irritated sometimes. I'm really trying hard. Then a flower was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah To be this way. Don't let your circumstance or your situation pin you to a corner. And you start talking to yourself out of that circumstance. You can talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself out of. Don't, don't say, well, this is where I am, and this is what's going on. With it. Start saying, well, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to do. This is what God has called me. This is who I am. That, that's the kind of talking out of I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the talking, talking out of the circumstance by sitting here and, and just and, and pondering and, and wallowing around in your sorrows and your pities. Begin to put God's word on your life. See, I'm that Elijah right now. You're the widow. I'm that Elijah right now. I'm calling out to you right now. And I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. That little bit that you got, it's going to go a long way when you add God to it. Make sure God's in your mix. I'm done. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm trying to keep you on a high note because I got a little, a little pin stick there for a moment. Didn't like that. I guess that's a hallelujah. Well, amen. <laughs>